You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Hey, what's up, everyone? I'm Matt Migaki, the vocalist of Cryptopsy and the host of the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast, where I sit down with fellow metal musicians. We talk all about their lives and music while sharing killer craft beers. If you've ever wanted to sneak backstage and share a beer with one of your favorite musicians, well, Vox and Hops is the podcast for you. This week on the podcast, I dropped an amazing episode with Dom Grimao of The Last Felony, Ion Dissonance, and Cryptopsy. There is this episode and over 450 other ones to help you enjoy life, metal, and craft beer. So what are you waiting for? It's time to become a Vox and Hops head. Cheers! Hey, what is up, folks? Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the podcast. As you know, I really, really appreciate it. Thank you for spending some time with me. I've got just a couple quick things to go over before we get started on this episode, so let's dive right in and get those out of the way. First of all, if you are planning on treating yourself to any gear over this holiday season, please, please, please check out ToneMob.com Sweetwater if you're looking to buy anything that Sweetwater might carry. They really have been a huge support of this show here recently, and they've shown a lot of love, and let's show them some love back. Plus, every time you use that link, a little bit comes back and helps the show in a pretty impactful way. So if you're going to be buying from them anyway, please remember tonemob.com slash sweetwater. Additionally, if you're buying some things that they don't carry, because let's be honest, they don't carry everything, you can slide over to reverb.com. You go to tonemob.com slash reverb, and any shopping you do through that link will help come back and support the show as well. Okay, with that business out of the way, here's something kind of fun. If you listen to the last couple episodes, you might know that I'm doing a thing where I'm texting people. That's right, you can text me at 503-751-8577. And on that platform, that is where we'll be discussing all kinds of different things. So I've sent out recipes, I've sent out apps that I found helpful with business and just day-to-day finance stuff. We're doing a project over there with my friend Devon Blue. And if you have not heard his most recent episode, go back and check it out. One of the things we'll be documenting and talking about on that text thread is a journey we're taking with his musical project, Boy Indigo. And we're going to be exploring some concepts, some experiments, some ideas, some different things to try that I think might help out independent musical artists in 2020 and beyond. So we're going to be talking about that over there. We're going to be documenting a lot of that stuff and showing people what works. And also, at this point, I can still reply to everybody. There's a lot of people that have joined, but I can still reply to every message that I get. And again, that number is 503-751-8577. If you want to come along for the ride, sidestep these algorithms and all that stuff that kind of control the conversation that we have these days, there's a little bit of an attempt to take some of that back. So... Let's get into this episode. I'm really, really excited to share this with you. A lot of you know I'm a massive Lucero fan. I talk about it in a little bit more detail on the episode. So I'm so stoked to talk to Brian Venable. He's a super cool dude. I really enjoyed hanging out with him. We had such a great time, and I think you're going to enjoy this episode. It's a lot of me fanboying. It's a lot of us just talking about random nonsense. So hopefully you enjoy it. Have fun. All right, everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Tone Mob Podcast, the show about guitar stuff sometimes, occasionally. Today, I have the great pleasure 
of talking with Mr. Brian Venable of Lucero. How y'all doing? Dude, this is uh, <laughs> this is exciting for me. I know this might be hard to 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 wrap your mind around, but we are a Lucero household around here. <laughs> for real, like for real, for real. My wife and I, before we were married, a long time ago, twelve years ago. Geez, uh, wow. we uh, we've we had an Atticus dragging the lake uh, compilation. Oh, wow. Yeah, bike riders was on it. That thing got a lot we, of traction. <laughs> and and we were like, you know, the rest of the bands were cool, but it was all kind of the same Bam. idea of like pop punk emo thing. And we were like, what is this? This is different. <laughs> and immediately just dove right in, like going. And this was back in the day we like went to record stores and oh no, you know, rifled through CDs and whatever. And just like I loaded up, man. And man, that, that that was that, that compilation <laughs> got us to Japan once. That's how crazy. Like we were like. We didn't even know. We we're like, "What's Atticus?" And they're like, "It's a clothing right. company started by some band." And we're like, "Okay," and right. and we're like, uh, "We put it on there." And yeah, there's so many people that are like Atticus Comp, and we're all like, mm-hmm. "Golly, nobody yeah. cares about the Alabama cover record we did." But that Atticus Comp, man, it's, uh, <laughs> it's holding through. Yeah, well, I mean, like I said, we're we're all big fans. Uh, in fact, my my five year old's first concert was the family block party in 2016. So, we <laughs> we we're we're in. We're Man, in. That's for so the, awesome. The, yeah. So this is a real treat for me. Man, uh, as I said earlier, I feel it's ironic in the scheme of like, I'm aware that I'm in Lucero. I'm aware that we make music, but we live mm-hmm. in such a little bubble sometimes. But it's always real funny for us when you're like, all this stuff, and I'm all like, you know there's better bands than us, right? Or, <laughs> you know, like, and that's where, like I, like I said, we just, we're on the bus or we're home, and so a lot of times it's very surprising, you know, the same, people are like, oh, and I'm like, people do listen. That's so crazy. And so <laughs> it's kind of a unique, to hear the story still, you know, like, even after 20 years plus, it's still just like, Thank you. That's so awesome. So, oh yeah. I mean, it's like probably like once a year there's a Facebook group around this podcast that I ask some questions in and unfortunately I won't be able to log in to see them because we're recording a little bit differently than I normally do right. and uh there were some questions in there Oof. but I can't remember who said them. I'll just try to do my best <laughs> to remember the questions off the top of my head. Um but uh in that Facebook group, it seems like once a year I'll post I'll be like Late at night by myself, just like strumming, on, and then I'll be like, "If you haven't listened to Tennessee yet, you're doing it wrong." <laughs> <That's> <laughs> so go amazing. listen to it right now. So it's a big deal for me. So this is this oh, is fantastic. Awesome. So thank you. I'll do my best. Um, but uh, all that said, you know, you 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 guys have had a unique story, I think, <laughs> to say the least. Man, and that's the fun. <laughs> if part you can is... maybe tell it, why don't you why don't you tell me about it? Well, I bit. think the interesting part now is that if you talk to any individual in the band, the start the story is usually a little bit different, which is always kind mm-hmm. of funny. But it was. It was like for me, I didn't know how to play guitar. Like that's I'm, that's not even a like, oh, I'm just such a terrible player. It was like, no clue. And I'd been trying to start a band of some sort. It was on my bucket list of like, I want to start a band and have a seven inch. You know? Mm-hmm. Or and then there was some point 
96, 97, where it was like, man, punk rock's dumb. I'm tired of it, you know, and it's not dumb. I was just tired of it. But there was a, where you, a joke about the white tattooed bearded guy where all of a sudden you find country and you're like, oh, this is mind blowing. And, <laughs> um, and so, yeah, Ben was in a pop punk band called Red 40, but I must've asked everybody in town and the humor is literally was like, you find the band and then you'll learn play guitar or something or, or whatever. I'll figure it out once it's real. And it does. He showed up. He fell for it, you know, and uh, he came over to the house. He had two songs with words and one without words. And I was like, oh, shoot. This is uh, <laughs> and I'd like I had like a sorry about that. I had like a, a scale or something like I really had no concept. And so, um, yeah, so my dad, who'd been bugging me for decades, you got to start a band. I was like, no, man, I hop trains. I take greyhounds. I write poetry. I do zine. Like, this is what I do. Bands are dumb. You know, anybody can start a band. Um, And then, uh, but he'd given me this VHS tape by this guy who was teaching scales. And I still have the tape somewhere. I have no way to play it. But I mean, it's the 80s. He's an older, middle-aged man, but he's wearing like the block. I'm showing you, I guess. But it was like the block, different solid color shirt. And it's like crazy. Oh, yeah. But it was all like A, a scale, A minor scale. Like it was just a... And if you listen to those first 10 or 11 Lucero songs, there's no deviation. I'm going do, 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 because I don't know. And legitimately, no idea. Like, I was not a musician. If we knew seven Lucero songs, that's all the songs I knew in the world. And, um, and yeah, as he added songs, I would go back and look at that tape and be like, okay, let's try this, you know? And so that's the humor in it is, is it was me and Ben, and then we had a Rayco, the violin player, and then we went through a couple of drummers. About six to eight months into it, we ended up with uh, What You Know is Lucero. And so, and yeah, and it was still, it was just, all I did, I, I worked at a record store that I got to sit behind the counter and practice guitar. I'd play along with commercials, just trying to, still not the best guitar player in the world, but I have created a unique sound. <laughs> right. Is, <laughs> um, not actually anybody's looking to recreate, but it's mine. So that's the humor in it is, is we just wanted to play music and it was fun we didn't try to get famous. We didn't know we were going to, we were like, if we can ultimate goals, if we can go on tour and play to 500 people a night, that's like, we win. And some cities it's less, a lot of times it's more, but that's just kind of, it was very humble and very punk rock. Like, yeah, get a guitar, figure it out on the way down. You know, if you're going to get wet, you might as well go swimming kind of, right. You know? And so that is the humor in that, you know, it's become this thing like, you know, each record gets bigger and bigger, um, sound wise, quality of play, like, and so, but yeah, it was just kind of like, hey man, you want to start a band? You know, and I was drinking a lot. I've been sober eight years, I guess now, but back then it was just like, woo, and right, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, so that's kind of it. Was one of those like, we got Roy, and then. That was the humor in two is attic tapes. It was me and Ben and Rayco. And then we added the rhythm section, which is like the complete worst way to record anything. Right. And I feel like we even got, yeah, like Roy went and then 
or maybe it was the other way around. Drums might have been last. It was something to where it was just like, who does that? You know? Right. And so that's the kind of like, we've never quite done it the right way, but it's our way. It worked out. It yeah. seemed to be, hey, you know, that's what you can't argue with the results. Well, that's the, the whole the humor in it is, is every once in a while we try to church it up and then you're like, hey, don't forget we're Lucero. Then <laughs> you're <know>, like, <laughs> right. somebody's going to drop something or we're going to, you know, but I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I remember too, just I'm having flashbacks to uh, around that same time period when I, when I found you guys, there was a write up in, in alternative press. <laughs> Uh, and uh, and I remember like reading about it, that and guy. I was like, kind of, <laughs> I mean, I'd lo- I'd love to hear the story, but I remember reading about it and them talking about how y- you could find anybody uh, under anybody under the sun would be coming to your shows. Whether it's like a crust punk guy, yeah, a metalcore fan, an emo kid, like well, the whole thing is everybody gets that, a broken heart that. or whatever. Right? Like, sad songs translate in any denomination, or you know. Mm-hmm. That guy that wrote that article, it was like Attic Tapes, top five records in the world. And like two records later, he was just, he came to see us at the fest and where we just bombed spectacularly. And then the next, for the review for like Nobody's Darlings or something, he was just like, F word this band. You know, they're just just drunks. You know, like they're just, (laughs) just, he basically reviewed this horrible show as opposed to the record. Ouch. It was adventurous, to say the least, but... Hey, I'm sure. All press is good press. I didn't catch that one, so... That was later I was too, on. <laughs> I, was already, I was already hitched to the wagon. I didn't need yeah. to read any reviews oh, about it by then. Everybody, like, that's the thing, is if we play a really tight, good show, nobody cares. They're just like, woo! If we get up there and fall on our butts and drunk and heads on the floor, feet on the ground, just slaughter... People are like, that was the greatest show I've ever saw. And it's just like, man, <laughs> you're killing us. We'll never, like, we can't ever get, we can't ever get good. Or I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, it's just like, they come mm-hmm. to see the spectacle. They stay for the songs, but they come to see the like, ooh, how bad will it get tonight? And it hasn't been bad yeah. for a long time. That's what's scary. No, <laughs> it hasn't been bad. It yeah. hasn't been bad. In fact, I mean, I think I probably caught you started well, ironically because of, you know, the time that I found you guys. My wife and I we couldn't well, she was my girlfriend at the time, but we couldn't go to your shows at first. We were too young. That's fine. You I used guys to were sneak playing so a lot. many people in the back. <laughs> I got there plenty was of people in their 30s now that are going, "Man, thank you so much like you let me and like six of my friends in through the back door, snuck us in." I'm all like, Hell yeah, I guess. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I guess. <laughs> well, no, just feel but, bad. You know, you're like, well, I try not to break that many laws anymore. And if you get drunk and get kicked out, I'm the one who gets in trouble. But, right. but yeah, that was, we never did all age shows. Like we were, it's odd that we kind of, we did punk shows and we did a few of those. But once we went touring, it was bar, sh- we were a bar band, you know? Mm-hmm. We did that against me tour and we played a lot of all ages and, you know, and spaces and venues, but as a whole people, yeah, 18 or 21, you know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So by the time we could go, you guys were already cleaned up. We didn't get to see the, <laughs> we didn't get to see the, the big mess. In oh, fact, man. one of the first shows there was a, there was a, it was at a small venue in Portland called Burbati's Pan. And yeah. th- this dude came up 
and that venue was something. Uh, <laughs> this dude came up and started shaking. I was in the front row, and this guy just kind of came out of the back and started throwing beer all over the place, which probably isn't that unusual for your shows. But Well, out there it is. Are you in Portland? <laughs> I'm in Portland, yeah. Yeah, Portland had a very docile crowd, which was unusual mm-hmm. for us. We like, they don't like us. Everybody loved it. They just didn't like throw beer like Louisville or like swing off the railings like Philly. So it was like, uh, <laughs> so if you saw somebody throwing beer, they were probably from out of town or saw it on the internet. They they must have been because they were just dumping it all over me. And I was just mm. like, hey, I'm trying to like, I was like, do I have to fight this person? <laughs> yes. What's going on right yes, now? <laughs> you <do>. That's, <laughs> unfortunately, yes. <laughs> I mean, he kind of got told. He kind of oh, got yeah. told. That, yeah. Like, that's not what we do here. We but, played uh, Hawthorne Ballroom or something one. Is that? I can't remember the name, but somebody came in and these Mm -hmm. kids from Philly put on their bandanas and just were like tornado wreaking havoc because that's what Philly was. And they were happened to be in town. They were like, we're going to see Lucero. And they got in there and they got kicked out like three times. (laughs) You know, like sometimes you have to stop them or talk to them afterwards where you're like, hey, you kind of got to read the room, man. Right. Cincinnati might be a shoot show, you know, but <laughs> Portland's going to be kind of like, like, yeah, if nobody's jumping around, don't jump around, but don't try to stand. Like we played Columbus in a basement and then the whole entire basement was just going crazy punk kids. Like that was the predominant at that show. Like you were talking about earlier, all the different types. And there mm-hmm. was this poor old couple younger looked like they'd liked Wilco and had khakis on and were just, they were getting <laughs> hammered and they wouldn't move. It's like, sometimes it's like, Hey, just go to the back. And that guy was just like, hell no. You know? Right. And I, I mean, he started trying to fight people. He grabbed my friend Leland by the throat, you know, I'm just freaking out. And it's just like, I know you're frustrated, but you're standing in, it's like standing in your house in the middle of a tornado, getting mad that your house is getting torn up. <laughs> you're like, so yeah. So that's funny. Like, but that's how most of those fights are like, you're just trying to watch the show and somebody's pouring beer on your head. And after the third time, somebody not unlike yourself would turn around and punch those people in the face. And it's just, <laughs> it's on like Donkey Kong. Yeah. Portland's interesting because it, it can, it is like for, for guys like you, it would be a little more of a chill show. It's very genre dependent. You go to a hardcore show in Portland and... Oh, I can only it's, imagine. It's ugly. Yeah. It's ugly, you know? And so, but like, I feel like for whatever reason, this city's very good about compartmentalizing. Yeah. Uh, like the, the bigger, that's the beauty of growing up in Memphis to me, was there wasn't enough people to compartmentalize. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, you'd hear about Chicago where it's like 8,000 people going to a ska show or to a metal show, and you're like, <laughs> right? Well, damn, they're lucky. You know, it's like everybody, I didn't like any scene. But I'm going to go see mm-hmm. Annie scene because you go to every show that comes through town. So right. that was always the thing is like we've just Memphis never had, which translated to creativity and stuff. But but yeah, is the uh, Elcor Zone, is that in Portland or Seattle? Uh, I believe that's in Seattle. Okay. I yeah. feel like it might have been that Pan's Labyrinth. Me and Roy Berry got kicked out of the Pan's Labyrinth, I think. Mm-hmm. We got into a fight with each other, like a fist fight, after the show. Really? I was calling him some dumb name that he did not like. And it wasn't even, it was like harmless. Like, I don't even remember, but it was just like Bubba. If some, you know, it was just something we were drunk, <laughs> right. and I was just like, shut up, Bubba, Bubba. I don't think it was Bubba, but it was something like that. And he was, 
He poured beer on my head and I punched him in the face. And then, then and security, man, they just were like, gank out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's like, we got stuff in there. And they're like, y'all can't come back in. And then we made up and we're like, we don't have to load out. So <laughs> <laughs> this worked out for I'm the best. Sad. <laughs> but yeah, that's awesome. it's, uh, I don't know. It's an interesting, that's the humor in it as well for me is I listen to free jazz, dub reggae, weirdo and experiment. I don't listen to anything that even remotely sounds like Lucero anymore, you know? And, mm-hmm. But we've done it so long that we all, we're not the drinking, cussing, fighting band as much anymore. But since our right. back catalog, there's so many, the people that were there want to go to our shows to relive their glory days. The people that were too young only heard about the glory day. Like, they all still think we're like, Ben doesn't really wear a lot. Of, he wears white t-shirts, but he likes dress up shirts now. You know what I mean? Like, he's right. married, <laughs> lives in Ohio and has a family and is kind of a dad and just, you know. And I look like a French sailor most of the time. Um, you know, like, it's just, that's the humor in it is, is, yeah, like, we're not this hard drinking, boozing Southern rock band as much, you know. And so that's kind of the fun. We're living for people, and I guess our, we're living this past life for people. That's uh, kind of odd. To, there we go. <laughs> Um, well, it is. It's it's also interesting though because from like perspectives like me, in I've been a fan of the band so long and followed them for so long that they grow up with you. Because now I'm the dad. Well, hold on a second. <laughs> God, no worries. The mailman comes and they act like they don't see him every day and they're going to try to kill him every time. <laughs> and it's just like it's the same guy. One day the door burst open and he just shoved him back in and closed it. And I was like. Oh, thank you. You know, but they bark like it's Russians in parachutes coming down in Red Dawn. And I'm like... Every, every, every time. time. It's, a, it's a new experience. But yeah, that's the interesting part. You know, like we're continuing to making these newer records and different sounds and trying different stuff. And I'm like, man, the days of Pearl Snaps and beer are so far behind me. But mm-hmm. um, but that's kind of our legacy, I guess, at this point. I, I mean, yeah, but... If, I think people who have stuck with you for a long time are always excited to see what's coming Oh, they next. love it. It's just, that's the humor is like, Tennessee's always going to be the best record in the world. And we're like, oof, that's so long ago, <laughs> you know? And <laughs> <laughs> It just hit at the right time. Well, the thing is, is I've heard this story about like, your favorite seasons of Saturday Night Live are probably going to be when you were a senior in high school. You mm-hmm. know, like, you're going to be like, it sucks now. And that's with us. We've done it so long that most people, the first record you get introduced to or that time period, you know, is usually you're going to be like, no way, man, women in work. And it's generally like you just discovered it. Your girlfriend left you something, you know, this or that. And so right, that's going to be your and it doesn't matter if it sounds good or bad. That's when it meant the most to you. So, yeah, that's been talked about on this show a few times. Uh, that there's actual. I'll have to send you the article if I can find it again. There is scientific evidence for that period of your life, and music in particular. Yeah. That 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 actually shows that like it leaves the lasting impact on your brain. That's why you see all the guys you know at the Anaheim Nam show that all look like they're ex members of Motley Crue. Oh, you know, and that's the like make America great again, rock and play guitar, and I'm all like, man. 
I've discovered this thing called a synthesizer. It's a, so much more fun than guitar. <laughs> yeah, buddy. You know? <laughs> and, you know, and it's not the, that's the, yeah, that's the, um, but yeah, that's the whole, it's just interesting as we're growing as people. And that's that, so what I'm saying is like, we live in a bubble. So your favorite Lucero is different than somebody else's favorite Lucero. And we're all just like, why don't y'all listen to Jawbreaker more? Or, you know, like, it's like, <laughs> I know we're a real band, but we're always just like, oh, there's so many more bands that, why would you get a Lucero tattoo? Thank you, but that's so great. You know, like, we don't see it the same way, which is interesting. I've never seen a Lucero show. Do you know what I mean? I've played all, right. but that's the, like, so, yeah, some days it's kind of meta where you're just like, it's so crazy. Um, I mean, it's a, I, I can kind of relate, not exactly. On, you, I don't quite have the same connections with people that, you know, somebody who makes, you know, writes somebody's favorite song does. But yeah. and I get messages from people and, and now I'm doing this texting thing where people are, they're excited to talk to, to email or text or oh man I listen to your show every week this is what I'm almost like but there are better podcasts well, no, no, and that's the thing. it's crazy <laughs> and that's the beauty of how you're doing it and how we did it it's like you're not doing it like you didn't do it to get famous or what you know what I mean no. or get paid or get it you were like I like this and I want to talk about it and I want to hear more people talk to me that's I run my mouth constantly about new things because that's how you learn <laughs> You know, and I can only imagine <laughs> how much you've learned, you know, and shared and whatever. But yeah, that's the beauty of it is, is when people appreciate it, you're just still a little bit stunned, you know, like, yeah, oh, so you're like, I'm doing my best, but yeah, you know, and, so, and that's good. As long as you're always thinking somebody else's, there's better ones out there. I feel like you're going to continue to strive to do better or to still create or I don't know you don't plateau right. or you don't expect it or something that's kind of awesome so let's uh, get maybe to somewhat on topic a little bit <laughs> or we don't have to but right. I do want to know a little bit because you we talked before we started recording about your kind of gear philosophy is like get whatever's widely available because you're on the road or you were on the road all the time I have to imagine that played into that I feel like like we were saying earlier too is like I'm starting to develop a few things, but yeah, forever it was like, I don't need a boutique amp. I need a Fender Twin. If it blows up, you get another one. My pedals mm -hmm. of choice were the Boss White Tuner and uh, the ah the Overdrive, the Green Overdrive, the Green Overdrive, <laughs> um, the Tube Screamer, mm -hmm. and uh, and that was it. You know, and maybe mm -hmm. hold on one second. No worries. I'm gonna beat y'all to death until you got hit by a car. Stop doing that. Stop. I'm not gonna say they got hit by a car. Um, <laughs> I'll take the blame. And um, but yeah, and I just you know, and like I said, a lot of the Lucero, there's not a lot of room for weird pedals, so I never really mm -hmm. need. You know, it's like. Yeah, like, I just, you know, most of my stuff's in my hands or my ear or whatever. And so, right. and that's the funny, like, I had these tellies, and uh, when I did that rig roundup, they were like, what do you got in there? I was like, it's stock. It wasn't stock. I just didn't remember what Lawler pickups, I didn't remember the name. So instead of trying to, you know, my producer at the time was like, nope, you need to go put, go here, make the, make, 
he called somebody and Lawler pickups appeared in my guitars. I can't <laughs> tell the difference, you know, but, um, so now I get a little bit more nerdy about it cause it's fun. But at the time, yeah, when you're doing 250 days a year, you want to be able to like, I mean, I think that's kind of the joke why the, why the neck on the tellies, you know, the bolt on neck. Because mm-hmm. if you broke that Gibson back in the 50s or 60s or whenever, um, yep. but with a bolt on, it's like, just go put another neck on. And mm-hmm. and yeah, I've always found that most of the tone comes from your hands. I mean, that's obviously not true, but it's sort of true, you know. You always sound like you, no well, matter what you got. Well, that's the thing is, and that's where I, my favorite, any guitar players I liked or anything, I kind of, it's like, I should be able to pick up any guitar, fiddle with the amp fiddle with the guitar and sound like me like mm-hmm. that's was always my goal and so but again i like toys too so it was always like ooh, i'm gonna you wouldn't bl-. i'd come but practice with the dumbest stuff in the early days i uh, <laughs> just like well they just again i look i didn't know that there was such a thing as no was it uh, alternative country no depression and all mm-hmm. that no idea and so when I got my first real rig, my first real rig was a Guild SD75, whatever those ones that kind of look like a battle axe or a 60 mm-hmm. sight guitar yeah. with the two single coil pickups wired with speaker wire and a Fender basement and a 115 amp. Talk about garbage sound. Um, <laughs> but I went and traded and did stuff and ended up with a Japanese telly and a and a and a uh, 70s Fender Twin because that's what country people played. You know, like, I don't know. I didn't have, I had a tuner. I didn't have any of overdrive or anything. I just played it clean, you know. Unless you're playing stadiums, you don't need a uh, Fender Twin. Holy crap, that things are... No. <laughs> I'm just, oof. Um, but yeah, then I would be like, I'd hang out at the guitar shop and all these old dudes would like, oh, you. I came with a rolling jazz chorus one day. <laughs> I played mm-hmm. that for like a month. Oh, and then I ended up with some Ampeg thing that Keith Richards played, like a not a VT40, but some sort of two uh, two twelve kind of. And that thing, mm-hmm. the magnets on the speaker. I'm showing you. You can't. Nobody can see it. But I mean, they were so. It took me and Ben Nichols just to carry the damn thing, you know. But every couple of weeks or months, I'd be like, well, I'll try this. I'll try that, you know. And um, so, but yeah, for a while it was. It was just like, I need to be able to find a guitar center, figure it out. Mm-hmm. And uh, now we have Scott, who's a guitar tech guy, and we have the vault, which we keep things in. And so. Nice. Yeah. And it's weird. It's like certain, when we did everything a man should do, we used a lot of like chorus or stuff that not tremolo that was on my amp so i had to like i bought a whatever the tcs tc something see i can't remember the names to anything i'm supposed to have them in front of me so i didn't embarrass myself but um i can't remember half of the names well that was just just, you're able to plug it in and plug it to your computer and get like the smith sound or anything like it's one of those and oh is that that tc uh what they call it the it, juno it's the corona the is what i got the corona is, oh the ironic oh, because I, of the vote, ironic but, yes but in the end i was like man tremolo will work and i just scrapped it because tremolo was mm-hmm. built into the amp you know and uh and then on um among the ghosts they were using these crazy reverbs like sam phillips has four reverb rooms and one of them is bigger than like it's a 
not house size, but in the plate in there, like you could, it's crazy. And these long reverbs. And I went wow. to start trying to play these sets and I was like, man, my amp don't, it's not doing the reverb. My reverb amp and my reverb is not doing the same reverb. I didn't know about long reverb, spring reverbs. I didn't know none of that. And he's so, I ended up getting that Flint, the Strymon. Oh yeah. And mm-hmm. I'm all like, that was $300. That thing better be made out of gold. And because uh, I just, you know, was not used to buying big old or fan. But then I was like, oh, it's two different things. We'll just call them, you know, $150. $150. Yeah. Yeah. But, and yeah, so there's been that kind of stuff. And, and yeah, nowadays, like, uh, we got this Earthquaker thing. And so I'm using the, the arrows. Nope, not the arrows. That's the boost. The fumes, flumes, the, the basically, it's the it's the tube screamer, their version of the tube screamer, mm-hmm. and so I started using that and everything, and then I don't know. So yeah, now this is the fun part is when we do go back on tour. I'm like, what do you think my pedal board is going to look like? Because right now I have a Roland Space Echo, one of those RE20s, and James Bowman's building pedals, and he built this thing called a harmonic percolator which i guess is a clone. oh yeah he only made three of them and i'm like don't make any more you know like i'm already having to go to two other people's <laughs> houses and i'm gonna have to steal theirs but yeah i never it's the greatest thing i've ever heard in my life you know and so my pedal board right now is a ridiculous space echo and this percolator I feel like I'm going to go practice one day and be and have to come home and put the old board back you know and be like well that was I feel fun. like you're I feel like you're this deep into your musical journey and you're you're about to take the dangerous pedal nerd plunge which is dangerous. Well that's the thing is I'm I think earthquaker thing helps just you know I feel like I'm pretty much like okay I'm done with uh excuse me um it's that like I love the dub and the free jazz and so I'm like that space echo I'm more like ooh I need more space echo pedals. I need Cause like the afterneath, I need weird sounding pedals, and I'm always, um, and that's the thing is like I got thirty different kinds of distortion pedals, you know, mm-hmm. and and it's like I said in the end, I'm just if it's not a tube screamer, or some variation of a tube screamer, that's just what I need for my bread and butter, you know, but, um, but yeah, I also went from playing that Fender Twin down to a Princeton, and then back up to a uh, the 110 one or the 112. Oh man, deluxe. So mm-hmm. right now I'm playing the deluxe, and uh, I did my dad. My dad's a terrible human being. I love my dad to death. But, um, <laughs> he uh, he's been a guitar nerd longer than me. Like you know, and so I'm the son, and I play music for a living. He was a shoe repairman who's retired, and he still won't just give me stuff. He's like, makes me trade for it, or like just you know. And I'm all like, what <laughs> he are you going to do with it, it, old man? But yeah. a million years ago, we traded for something, and I had this uh, Silver Creek acoustic, and it was uh, they've been sued out of existence by Martin, but they've had uh, the Eric Clapton Martin 01, whatever the little parlor kind of thing, and they did an exact mm-hmm. hardwood, beautiful replica of it. And I played it forever, and it was up at the tattoo shop. My dad saw it and was like, I want this back. And I was like, you can't have it back. you got to give me something for it. And he ended up giving me the uh, SGJ, like the SG, but the 140th anniversary. 
four hundred dollars mm-hmm. all day long on on reverb. Nothing, but I was like, I got to get something out of you. And I went in there and changed. <laughs> I mean, it's just funny. But that's I. Uh, I have a friend who works at Gibson, but the Memphis plant closed. And had to move to Nashville and stuff. And I guess mm-hmm. I don't. This is where like, do we people get in trouble if I tell these stories? But basically, they build these guitars. And if say Joan Jett or Ricky Rocket or whoever I don't know come in, they're going to have their own pickup. I think Ricky Rocket's a drummer. Um, but uh, <laughs> but um, I was like, I don't know Ricky Rocket. I think he's okay. the drummer for Poison. But um, okay, that- but but they have their own pickup deal, so they take out the existing pickup, the Gibson pickup, and put in their pickup. And Memphis had a Memphis Heritage Society or Memphis MHS pickup or something that only went in their three thirty fives, and I got one. And you can't buy them because Memphis shut down. You can only buy them in those guitars. But I put it in that uh, little SG. So basically, it's an SG Junior that I Frankensteined up. Nice. I love it. I did the last two years with it. And of course, my dad's like, give me that guitar back. And I'm like, kick rocks, old man. You traded me fair and square. And so, but that's, that's right. kind of an interesting thing to where more and more now I'm like, ooh, like I don't like pearly gates. Everybody's like, you're going to want pearly gates. It's easy top. It's warm. It's bluesy. And I'm like... They sound muddy to me. Again, I don't know if I'm right or wrong, but that's just, you know. And with the Lucero, I need it to be kind of warm and crunchy, but not heavy metal crunchy, but not, Mm -hmm. you know, like. And so it has been lately, I've been like, okay, I've been exploring flat wounds. I put flat wounds on the telly. Uh And uh, because I have this Agile. I don't know if you're familiar with those guitars. Like, my dad. My dad is the king of budget nice guitars before they get sued out of existence kind of thing. <laughs> and so he was buying these agile Les Pauls with like ebony fretboard and one piece head, like all this amazing stuff. But like, and so, yeah, so now I have this, they call it the cool cat. And it's basically a jazz jumbo body or whatever. And it had flat wounds. Mm-hmm. I think it's like three and a half. It might even be four. I mean, it is not a, I don't play it live for my, no amount of money. Or, but, but yeah, so all of a sudden I was goofing with that and I, was, I put some, I'm pointing at things you can't see. Um, I put some on the telly to take the single coil but darken it because I can't mm-hmm. abide. Um, I don't like, uh, ooh, what are they? P90s. Can't stand them. Oh, man. I know. Not, not a P90 fan. And it's because I'm such a black or white or left or right. Like, either it's got to be a humbucker, cha cha chang, or mm-hmm. chink chink chink. It's like the P90s from everybody's like, no, that's the greatest pickup in the world. I'm like, man, it's like having the lights half on and half off. It drives me nuts, you know. <laughs> Maybe one day I'll get one. You know, I've tried them, but that's the thing is putting the flat wounds on that telly kind of warms it up, which I imagine mm-hmm. like a. So that's the thing is. I would have never found this on the road. I'd have gotten up. I'd have played the same setup I've played for the last 20 years in some variation. But now that I'm home, it's like, what happens if we do this? What happens if right. we do that? So I am. Um, yeah. Especially because you've been getting into this. Uh, what, what did you call it before we started recording? The horror dubstep uh, Man, record that I, you've been uh, making yourself? I've got I'll send you I got I did my first solo record. It's nine songs, 30 minutes. And for me it's kind of like I don't know, it's a little Willie Mitchell. It's all instrumental cuz it's just that's what I do, but it's a lot of kind of 
R&B, soul, like old 60s soul. And then all of a sudden it'd be like a New Order song or whatever. Mm-hmm. And in between that, I'd get bored or I was doing something. I was like, ooh, ooh. And yeah, so I found that I'm less a songwriter and probably more of a composer. You know, like I don't write words. I write pieces of music. So, just, And that's just right now what I'm doing. But yeah, so I made this one song. It was kind of funny. I discovered the bells. So I had bells and it had this stuff. And I was like, man, this is like 3-6 or Ghetto Boys. This is some horror rap stuff. Like, oof, this is awesome. And that just led me down to, while I was working on something else, I'd be goofing off. And I did a seven-song uh, horror trap. Kind of, It's an imaginary film. Soundtrack. Oh, the horror. The soundtrack to the imaginary film. And it's all... Nice you know 808 sounds and uh you know horror movie guitar stabs and the bass gets crazy yeah Yeah. and i did even did a love theme which is hilarious love theme um and so yeah like that's and again it's like i've been learning keyboard i never really knew how to play the any kind of piano but except for the white keys, which is like power chords, basically. And now all of a sudden I'm like, ooh, I can play the black keys as well. Like I'm making actual chords. And so that is one of the silver linings to being home for a year, basically, is that all of a sudden I give a crap about what I do for like, like, oh, I, you know, I play music for a living and I don't know anything <laughs> about recording. I don't know anything about pedals or tones. I should look into that. How about, you know, and so mm-hmm. now, yeah, it is. It's a definitely a rabbit hole. I am full nerd on like, ooh, what does that do? What does that like? I didn't buy it, and I didn't think anything, but like the Death by Audio Earthquaker, that Magic Box or whatever. There's some new pedal that they released. Mm-hmm. That thing sold out in ten minutes, and it was gone. Yeah, from all the demos, I'm all like, that's something that I want. So I'm like, I'm gonna wait till somebody gets poor. It has to sell it on. <laughs> so, but yeah, it's so, uh, it's just interesting learning to record, and in recording, I'm learning about sounds and tones. Which forever mm-hmm. I was like, I like playing live, man. I like getting up, sweating, banging it out, being like, "Woo! All right, see you next week." Mm-hmm. And now it's kind of like, "Oh man, this is what all you nerds have been doing forever." You know? Yeah. <laughs> It's real nerdy. It's, it is. It's always been my favorite part. I mean, granted, I didn't I didn't really play live, like, hardly at all. Yeah. Very, very, you know, like high school battle of the bands, you know, a couple backyard things here and there. Just was never really my favorite thing. But the studio and playing with all these effects yeah. and getting real, I just, it's where my brain is and my heart and is for whatever where, reason. Yeah, and that's where I'm trying to put my brain now. Because for me, forever, I love the, like, Buddha sand painting aspect of it. You play it, you throw it out there. Now with everybody in cell phones, whatever you do, bad, good or bad, is out there forever. But mm-hmm. for a while, it was like off the cuff. It was spontaneous. And that was awesome. Going in the studio, they're like, okay, do it again. All right, do it again. All right, do it. I'm like, I'm going to kill everybody in this room. Like, <laughs> like, can you not piece it together? Like, why am I, you know, and they're like, and that was forever. It was just play it play your part and then for a while uh ted hutt when he did uh 1370 the numbers record women and work right. and stuff he would be like okay play it and i'm like okay and he's like all right pick something else completely different and try it then 
And he'd have me play it five different ways. And I'm like, I wrote the part. There's the part, you know? And he's like, no, 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 get creative. And I'm all like, I did get creative. And I just get so frustrated where I just couldn't, it wasn't the creative. Like, I was like, man, I'm here. One take Venable. I'm here to knock this out. You right. know? And everybody else loves the studio. And I was just like, but now it is. I get up in the morning. I make him get, he gets ready for school. He's homeschooling or whatever the distance learning. By 7 a.m., I'm setting up drum tracks or I'm doing something. By the end of the day, I'll have a song, sometimes two, you know. And That's awesome. Yeah, and it is. It's just I'm like, ooh, let's try. You know it's really hard? Tambourine. Really? I, man, I broke one. I stomped it to death and had to go buy one of those, like, real hard plastic ones you can't break when I get angry. But, yeah, <laughs> like that uh, That whole chica, 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 fast or slow, like, yeah. Well... That's not something I, I mean, I've played tambourine a handful of times, but I never really thought about it. Uh, it was just like, let's just try this as an accent piece. I, I definitely have gotten mad enough to throw guitars, but I don't think I've ever been mad enough at a tambourine to Man. smash it. That's a new one. Well, it's just, you You almost got it. And again, I don't know how to punch in. So if I don't get it, you got to start over again. I just, oh, yeah. a lot of the stuff I'm looking at is because I use drum machines, there's not a full drum setup. So sometimes you want a little, that's the, that's the percussion. So you kind of. Seriously, they're part of the show at this point. I'm gonna drive. Okay. I'm saying they just. I'm gonna drive them down the street. And I'm gonna leave them somewhere. If they come home, they live <laughs> here. If they don't, oh well. I'm not gonna do that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but we think about it yes, sometimes, all the time. But yeah, it. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm just rambling on. You got any? You, I mean, that's what we do here. Okay. That's no, I'm just do. letting you know. I'm, I'm trying can... to remember. There's, I'm, I'm really racking my brain. I, sh I should have uh, looked at this before we started because now I can't, uh, I can't switch gears. But I'm trying to remember. Oh yes, yes, yes. One of the questions from the group you've already answered, uh, which I was very curious about, which was you said you didn't play guitar before you started. Oh, so yeah. that was, a, that that was an interesting one. But ah. then the other one I do remember, uh, off the top of my head is uh, who asked that question. John Sheck Jr. asked that question. I can remember. He wants to know what, I believe the question was, what your favorite tattoo is. I hope my brain's working. On me or in general? Uh, on you, <laughs> yeah. Man, <laughs> I'm I assuming. don't know. Um, that's the humor in it at this point is, I still, like, them days in the shower, I'm all like, oh, damn, when did I get that? Um, right. You know, like, it kind of was an accident. I didn't mean, I mean, I'm 70, 80% covered at this point. And mm -hmm. so that's the, like my business part, I own a part owner of a tattoo shop and my business partner, um, Brent tattoos me every once in a while. And when it was before pre COVID, I'd just be sitting around and be like, Ooh, I want a juju chicken foot. Cause Dr. John died today. Or I want this, or I want, you know, like, and I still find them because they happen so quickly that I forget I got them. You know, mm -hmm. like, I think that's the, one of the funnier parts is when I'm up there hanging out, there's people that are like, put so much thought into these tattoos. They're like, oh, yeah, you know, and I'm so far beyond that to where I'm all like, oh, you want to test some ink? God, ah, tattoo something on me, you know? And it's just, I try to, I get tickled and I try to be real supportive of watching people get, because they like, oh, it's the feathers are for my family and that, like just build so much into it. And I'm like, hey tattoo a curse word on me you know or just it's like <laughs> so at this point i don't really i mean i don't know 
it's less about there being a tattoo and it's more about like, what was I doing then? What was, you know, cause it is a, basically a, it's a map of time. You know, I can tell you where I was for uh-huh. most of them. I can tell you a funny story about most of them, you know? So as a long answer without or reply without an actual answer, I don't have a favorite one. Let's just say that but, I like them all. equally. <laughs> yeah. See, I'm, I'm the guy who's always wanted a tattoo but I can't commit. I can't commit. Just like I can't put together a permanent pedal board. I yeah. can't commit to a tattoo. <laughs> well, that's the thing is you shouldn't have to. And there's a commit. I guess that's the whole joke is even when I didn't have that many, after a while, you don't see them no more. You know? like mm-hmm. That's like, I don't know. I don't have a fear of permanence. I guess that's the, you know, like. And again, once you get one, you're going to add two more. And then, you know, or like it's not addictive necessarily, but you're like, you just got to get that one out of the way, and then you're you're down, like, oh, I'm gonna get my kids' names or I'm gonna get my wife's name, and you're like, yeah, and like I said, three down, you're gonna be like, I want this eagle with these missiles coming out of it, and you know, like, this, <laughs> you're like anything, what's cool, what's crazy, and so there is a window of like, okay, this is permanent on my body forever. I swear to my time. <laughs> Who, who's here now? Hold on a second. <laughs> He's going to get the dogs. Going to settle down the dogs. He's got a lot of books. I'm going to have to ask him about his books when he gets back. And the paintings, too. That's interesting. He's got a lot of cool stuff going on. Oh, Could man. you hear any of that? I was jibber-jabbering while you were oh, gone. I just, yeah, the whole thing is about five years ago now, I uh, I, just, I wanted a painting for my front porch. Uh-huh. And then I was looking into it to where um, I am... Um, I was like, man, I'm not going to spend $500 for some kind of circles and squares. I'll do it myself. And it ended up being this super cathartic, like, my wife had just left and went through all this stuff. And truly, at this point in my life, I consider myself a painter who happens to play guitar, you know? Really? Yeah. And those are, the paintings are like my folk songs, you know, like, I love playing music, but like I sketch, I dream of stuff, you know, like it's kind of a, and people, I put them online, people like them, people have been buying them and, you know, and like, I got people that do real art that are like, oh, this looks good. And I'm like, oh, thank you. That's so, you know, and <laughs> That's awesome. yeah, I mean, and I treat it like I treated Loose Arrow. I didn't know how to do music. There's no reason not to just because you don't know how. And I have a whole entire art studio and Yeah. If I'm not making music, I'm painting, you know? And so I, uh, yeah. And so it's pretty fun. It's like it, music is almost, um, it's not as cathartic as it is like, ooh, building science or something, you know? Like mm-hmm. the tones, and you feel it in your heart, but as a whole, you're all like, man, all right, how are we going to get around this chord? What note am I going to slip in here or there? You know, and painting is mm-hmm. like, my world has ended. I'm about to splatter it all over this canvas. And um, so, yeah, so it's kind of new, but I treat, you know, I might not look punk rock and I might not listen to punk rock as much anymore. But what punk rock taught me was if somebody falls down, you pick them up and there ain't no, like, don't be afraid. Like, you can do anything. It might not be the best out the gate or it might be your thing but that's a whole aspect of the way i play guitar the way i 
attack recording. Again, I've recorded two records and I still don't know how to punch in. I haven't bothered to learn how to punch in yet, but that's not going to stop me from making records. We'll figure that out at some point. But mm-hmm. if I sat around and said, oh, I can't make any records because I don't know how to punch in on the on the thing, I'd never have any, you know? And that's kind of, that's the attitude I have that I gave to Lucero, gave to playing guitar, that I give to painting, that I give to writing poetry or whatever. Just, I like to create things. I like, you know? And so... That's the beauty of, yeah, I don't know what half these little boxes do, but I wiggle them knobs till it sounds right. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and that's the beauty of, you know, again, it can be annoying for some people. You're surrounded, you know, they're like, man, I wish you knew what you were doing more. <laughs> and you're like, I'm sorry. But um, I got records. Oh, you got some records in. What'd you get in? I got Al. Fadaha, which is a the first independent jazz record ever made. There was a group of free jazz guys really? from Cincinnati. And I don't know where. And so, yeah. So that's pretty exciting. And dun 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 dun. That- Italia New Wave. Minimal synth, no wave, and post punk sounds from the eighties. From Italy. From Italy. Nice. Yeah. So yeah, that's the you know. So I don't know. I was just—that's what they were barking at. Um, gotcha. But yeah, well, they were excited. I mean, they—the thing is—is is like Jasper's seventy-five pound black lab and Cairo's big brown fluffy dog. But they bark like they're going to eat your soul. All they want to do is lick <laughs> you to death. And these poor postmen and you, Amazon and whoever people are just like, ah! I'm like, if they got out the door, they're going not going to eat you. But. You know, seventy pound black dog hitting that door like a linebacker is terrifying to anybody. I imagine. Oh yeah, you don't know. You don't know a dog's intention when you can't That's see it. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, no, I don't know. I feel like we've gotten a, so. Yes, I didn't know how to play guitar. I don't have a favorite tattoo. Um, I love to create, and I. It's exciting that I haven't gotten winded doing this because I thought I got COVID. Uh, a couple weeks ago and uh i didn't get a fever but i had ridiculous coughs and i couldn't breathe and Mm -hmm. uh but i think i got bronchitis and so that's not great either but well again (laughs) but the whole trick was is like if i get uh for a while even mildly like if i started talking too much i'd get winded Mm because i also like i've been i started a book club by accident during uh covid I've been following that. Why don't we tell people about it? Oh, man. I don't know. I'm so scared. I haven't been doing it lately. I think I'm after Thanksgiving, I'm going to try to go. I tried it last week and had such a coffin fit that everybody told me to get off the line. They were like, go lay down. I'm like, nah, I could do this. And they're like, <laughs> stop. So, but yeah, because for fun, when the first went down in March, it was spring break. So I went and bought a tent and me and my son were going to sleep in the backyard, like staycation. That tent stayed mm-hmm. up until three weeks ago. We lived in the tent. I read in the tent every night. Now I read on the front porch. But we've read close to 11 books. And so right now we're... And you, you do it on Instagram, right? Yeah, just Instagram stories. Mm-hmm. Like at mm-hmm. 9 o'clock, 9 central, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday usually. Um, like I said, I've been down being sick. But yeah, I get on read for an hour. And it's real funny 
there's like 12 people that tune in every day and we're all like, we've become buddies kind of like in their little group too. One day Ben did a, from his basement show, kind of a live pod. And one of the book club guys were like, Hey, everybody, Brian's about to read. And all of a sudden there was mm-hmm. like 250 people. And I, even I was like, what the hell? Within two <laughs> minutes, it was back down to the 12. There was 240 people were like, he's just reading. I don't understand. He's not playing music or he's not, you know, and right. every once in a while you get a rando that's like, Hey man, you know, women at work. And I'm like, yep, we're reading Deadwood tonight. <laughs> you know, like this is, <laughs> this is not necessarily Lucero. This is Brian from Lucero reading Princess Bride or reading, you know? And so, mm-hmm. yeah, it's been fun, but yeah, it's cool. It was something I've enjoyed it. Was, it. I didn't tune in for every episode, but I definitely tuned in for a couple of them. Yeah, and again, I think in the early days when everybody was in shutdown, I did it at 10 o'clock at night. And it was like bedtime stories, you know? And mm-hmm. I was also trying to stay away from everybody's uh, live streams. I didn't want to be like, oh, Chuck Reagan's playing, but Brian's reading. I'd be like, nobody's, they're all going to see Chuck. But I didn't want to, you know, I was like, I'll read after Chuck plays. That'll be the like, mm-hmm. you get liquored up, you yell at the TV, then I'll read a little bit, and you pass that on the couch. <laughs> <laughs> it's a nice way to wrap up the day. That's the plan. Well, let's see. There's so many things. I could talk to you all day, honestly. Well, this I feel like I'm fun. just rambling but, uh, on. We're, so we're getting some... down to the last couple of minutes of the main episode here, and I got a couple couple classic questions to ask that I always ask at the end of every episode. But before we do that, <laughs> I like to give this is your chance to kind of talk about whatever you want to talk about. Oh man, like, I feel like I've been have doing that you for the last say, hour. This is the time, man. I really, honestly, I don't even. Like I said I've talked about dropping the dogs off and leaving them. I've uh, talked about Italian New Wave. I've talked about not knowing how to play guitar. I feel like I've rambled on. I needed some. Yeah. So right now. Wear a mask. Don't do drugs or do the right drugs. I don't, you know. Like. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. We were supposed to talk about LSD and gardening originally. Man, that was the plan. That's Maybe fun. we'll talk about that on Patreon. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, we'll do the classic questions here, and then we'll we'll wrap up the main episode. But first of all, oh, we got some tones. We got some synth tones going on there. Is that what I heard? It's always nice. Lightning round. So... <laughs> So, the first question is, and I think I know the answer to this because you talked about it earlier. What's your favorite boss pedal? Boss pedal? Mm-hmm. Man, that's a tough one. Um, really, it's my chromatic tuner. Let's just be honest. That's, <laughs> but, <laughs> that's what uh, I thought you were going to say. <laughs> um, I don't know. Like, I used to love the compression pedal. Um, mm-hmm. And then it's like, again, not knowing how to use it. But the blues driver, and that that was a that was a good one. I used that for a long time. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I I've probably had a few different ones pass through if they made weird noises. But I went for a while. I was like, "Ooh, this blues driver sounds great." That I like was, the blues driver. I think it's, I do. Yeah, and uh, and again, I feel like for a while when I wanted to do solos, I got that compression pedal. Trying to make it sound like David Bowie or something, which I don't even know if that's a real thing. But I feel like I found some kind of setting on it that kind of like did something glamorous to it. But I don't really, uh, 
Oh, you want to see something funny? I do. Let's see something funny. Ooh. This beat up. What we got there? That is an OS2. But it's just real funny. Look at duct tape. It's still got the original <laughs> box. <laughs> but yeah, like... This is there one of the go. first one when I was like, I don't know. You just get a distortion pedal. Like, this is my first distortion pedal. Which is... The a, very first one ever? Well... In Lucero situation, that in a yes, let's just say yes, because mm-hmm. any other time I had go. one, I didn't know what. It was. Yeah, but it's just, it's just funny. My dad gave it to me because he didn't need it, but uh, yeah, I'm just real excited. It's like having old '70s toys. It's like it's still in the box. <laughs> I do. I like that stuff. And, it makes uh, it fun for whatever reason. But yeah, so it just tickles me that it's just an overdrive. It ain't nothing special. But it's in the box, and that box has got a lot of love and attention taking care of it. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Okay, this is the last question. This is where we get a little bit uh, controversial sometimes. People right. get upset and worked up, and, and you know it's just the nature of the question. But we'll see what you have to say about it. What's your favorite kind of pizza? Oh, okay. I mean, I feel like... We at the house buy the three for ten dollar Red Baron cheese pizza, and I add cheese to it, and then mm-hmm. we put garlic, crushed peppers. The what I make it New York style after the fact. It's three for ten. I mean, you're eating a Red Baron pizza. It's not the end of the world. Like, <laughs> so I don't. I mean, I guess if you go out, I, I mean, you talking toppings, you talking style, you talking all of the everything. Like, what is your oh, go to? You well, can only have one more like, pizza. Delivery pizza now sucks. It's just terrible. I don't care who it is, generally. And then there's a place here that's a chain, but it's just a local chain called Lost Pizza. Mm-hmm. Their pizza tastes like the 80s. I don't know. Like, when pizza delivery was like, ooh, we're pizza. it's Friday. We might get pizza. Like, the right. cheese is a little burned on top. The sauce, like, it's crunchy, but not crunchy. Like, it tastes like 80s pizza, you know? Um, mm-hmm. And so... That's where we go, and it's like two blocks down the street. Um, I will live and die by pan pizza. I don't care. I love pan pizza. I don't know if it's just because I grew up at that time at the Pizza Hut, but you give me a – I'll try any pan pizza you put in front of me. Um, All right. You know what I'm saying? Like, But, again, I'm wide open with the pizzas. I like the St. Louis with the weird cheese. I'm the only person that ever on the bus is like, don't bring that nasty St. Louis pizza on this bus. I'm all like – I'm going to eat it like somebody's trying to steal it from me. Um, <laughs> I don't like white don't, pizza as much, but I'll eat it. I'm a purist right. in the fact that I like cheese pizza. You want to have a vegetable or a piece of meat, put it on the side. But um, I I don't like supreme pizzas or anything. I'll eat them. I've been, I've been back vegetarian for the last couple of months. So. But yeah, I um, I like red sauce. I don't like a spicy. I like a sweet um, I like thin crust, but I like a regular old classic crust for the most part. Um, and yeah, cheese, lots of cheese. A good cheese slice sometimes is just I'm it's saying, just what you need. When I was younger, I spent some time. I, dating is a strong word, but I was dating this girl and went to Columbia and University in New York, and two blocks down was the diner that made famous in Seinfeld that said diner, but it and also in Suzanne Vega's song, 
with the black and white milkshake and Pete, the, the guy behind the counter, like mm-hmm. I knew him. And I would walk down a little two blocks past that. And they had this, I cannot remember the name of it. It's written down somewhere. But their pizzas were 24 inch. Bit. Like when you got a slice, it was $1.50 for a slice. And I mean, it was huge huge i think it's three or four dollars now but um but yeah you were basically getting a medium-sized pizza and i would walk down and get a slice and then go get a black and white milkshake from jerry's and um but yeah i love new york pizza i like the chicago deep dish not that's not you know it's like lasagna pizza but again cheese bread and sauce i'll eat it mm-hmm. um <laughs> I, yeah that's not a i don't get weird about the pizza you know what I mean? Like, I am. Bring it on. I'll try all your pizzas. Is there anything you do get weird about food-wise? I mean, Memphis, you got to have some sort of barbecue allegiance at this point. Uh, yeah. I mean, I like pains. That's my favorite. Again, I'm not eating meat right now, but I like pains. Um, you know, yeah, it's Memphis. I mean, Kansas City barbecue can go itself. Um, <laughs> that North Carolina sauce is garbage. Um, it's less... I'm opinionated. I have found that I get in trouble for, I'm like, I'm not saying I'm better than you. I'm just, these are my views that I'm pretty much steadfast in. And that is, yeah, the barbecue is, it's Memphis. It's fun for me to try to eat Memphis barbecue in other places. Like when they're like, oh, this is our Memphis barbecue. And you're like, "Mm, have you ever been to Memphis? You know, Um, Mm -hmm. I don't eat bell peppers. That's just God's garbage. Um, Tastes like gross. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Music is where it's interesting, you know, can't stand Pearl Jam. Don't like Rush. Don't like the doors. Um, you don't like the doors either. Here's the I fun- never meet anybody that doesn't like the doors. I'm the only one I know that doesn't like the doors. Here's the fun one. You go, Hey, you want to start a fight on the internet? Which is better? Rush or the doors? Trick question. They both suck. But man, you will see people like pull knives on each other. And I'm just like, <laughs> guys, stop it. Um, so, yeah, um, I don't know. There's probably all kinds of things that I get real like unreasonably or irrationally like. They just come up and come. Hate Joe Rogan. Hate him. Just and people get all like, no, no. I'm like, hate Howard Stern. You know, I think, you know, it's like I've now I have this friend named Aaron. And he's a lovely guy. He sings for, uh, oh, crap, I'm going to get in trouble. They were like a heavy, hardcore band, 90s, 2000s. I can't tell you. He lives in Minneapolis. Ooh, he's going to yell at me because I forgot his band name. Um, he loves Joe Rogan. And now all I do is go find memes that say, like, Joe Rogan is Ellen for men and that kind of stuff. You know, like, I just <laughs> don't like the I mean, that's not not true, though. Well, and again, you know? he's like, no, he has free form. I'm like, no, no, no. You know, don't like the Deftones. They're new metal. And he'll be like, he'll argue like Deftones aren't new metal. I'm like, Deftones are new metal. He's like, no, they're not. They're like the cure, but heavy. And I'm all like, they're new metal, you know? And again, that's just my opinion. It don't make it right. Um, they are new metal. I'm I like the Deftones, but they are new metal. But How I'm can just it, saying, I mean, they, they fall are. under that, they're that whole... I don't corn is that the it's corn right mm-hmm. um slipknot with the face mask i just think I don't, I don't listen to any of it i was of a certain age when that came out i was well past listening to the, you know that was the joke yeah. is i'm not even a henry rollins fan much i like 
Old Black Flag in the first two records. But he said something one time. He's like, man, if I was 15 years old and stuff like Marilyn Manson and Corn came out, hell yeah. He's like, it's it's like the new punk rock. Like, it's the accessible, like, if you're a 15-year-old damaged kid in the suburbs, of course you're going to like that. It's angry and crazy, you know? Mm-hmm. I just happened to be, when I was 15, was listening to Seven Seconds and Youth Brigade. I feel like maybe I got lucky, you know? But <laughs> I was listening to Metallica before that and stuff. So, but yeah, so there's just certain, it's just... I love having friends that I can disagree with. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I'm the guy that's like, if you like whatever sports team, I'm going to be like, let's make it interesting. I'm going to go for red, <laughs> you know? And you're going to be like, <laughs> right. why won't you be on my team? It's like, why? I get to, you know, like, so, and that's just me. And I don't, it's not necessarily endearing and I don't get a lot of friends from it, but <laughs> the ones I have are good. I like that. It's good. Uh, it's good fun to have somebody That's that challenges you, you once in a while. But you just got to be, you know. I get, you know, I grew up. My dad would rail on me about all kinds of stuff, and so I learned. I got a pretty thick skin, or I learned how to, like, cite your source, you know, or something. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Well, this has been a blast, dude. I'm so glad we got to do this. Um, I'm gonna go ahead and wrap up this main episode. And Hell yeah! We can we can slide over to Patreon for for the cool kids. All right, everybody. For Brian, this is Blake. And as always, folks, good luck and good tones. All right. Y'all have fun. Do good. All right, folks. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. I know I say that every time, but I truly, truly mean it. If you need more and you'd like to help keep this thing going, you can go to Patreon. You go to patreon.com slash tone mob. Every week I'm posting additional episodes with that week's guests and some other content occasionally as well. So if you want to hear an extended version of this conversation with Brian, I think we've got another 45 minute or so over there. And uh, it was epic. It was epic. Patreon.com slash Tone Mob is the place for that if you are able and you'd like some more content. However, I know that not everyone's in a position to be able to do that right now. Things are crazy all over. But if you could tell a friend, tell somebody. Post it in a forum. Share it. Tell anybody you think that might like this show. That honestly helps a tremendous amount. The only reason I get to do this is because you keep listening. So please, please keep listening and try to get others to do so as well. All right, I think that's it. I think that's all I have. You can check me out on Instagram, of course. You can check me out on YouTube. Links for all that are in the show notes. But if you just Google Instagram Tone Mob, you'll find me or Tone Mob YouTube, you'll find me. You can join the group. You can join the Facebook group where we're nerding out every day. And don't forget that you can actually text me. You can text me, like I talked about in the intro of this episode, at 503-751-8577, and that will be in the show notes as well. All right, thanks for hanging out. Bye-bye. One last thing before we totally sign off here. I just want to remind you, that if you do any shopping at Stringjoy, that's Stringjoy Guitar Strings made in Nashville, that will help me out as well. As I've said for years, I'm heavily involved in that company, and I really do think they're making the best products on the market. So if you would like to try custom strings, go to ToneMob.com Stringjoy and check them out today. I seriously, seriously, seriously love what the team down there is doing. I help them out with all kinds of things, and by you supporting them, you are also supporting me as well. And hey, you need some strings, 
So why not get some custom strings just for your guitar and playing style? Again, the link for that is tonemob.com stringjoy, and that will take you right to their website, and you can do all your shopping through there, and that will help everyone involved out. So thank you very much. Talk to you next time. We are brought to you by the wonderful folks at Gun Street Wiring Shop. Yes, Gun Street Wiring Shop. I've talked about them before. I used to say based out of Bend, Oregon, but guess what? Sean moved to my neck of the woods. Sean's in Portland. Sean is awesome and has helped me with a bunch of stuff lately. And if you have wiring needs for your guitar, he can help you too. If you want to get weird with it, he can get weird. If you just need to spruce things up a little bit, there's your guy. He takes all the guesswork out of doing your guitar wiring, and he makes it simple, and his customer service is top-notch, and I can't say enough good things about Gunstreet as a company. I really respect Sean and what he's all about, and the product is top-notch. I've got three different guitars that now have Gunstreet harnesses in them, and I could not be happier. So go to GunstreetWiringShop.com and check them out.